Hey there, thank you for joining me for episode 189 of the Just One More Row podcast, hosted by me, Dana of Unwind. The sponsor for the May and June period of our 6 and 20 knit along is the Project Bag, who's generously donating two winners each their choice of bag from her shop. So thank you so much, Tiffany. She's my bestie and she's amazing. So you should definitely check out her shop even if you're not a winner. All right, so let's jump right in. Underway. So I am sitting here right at this very moment knitting on my socks number one for 2020, which is just a pair of plain vanilla socks with a short row garter stitch heel, which is my go-to heel. Um, I'm knitting them out of the color wheel who no longer dyes yarn, but she's my friend Amanda. And this is one of her end of the day skeins from back from when she died self-striping. And it's kind of random. It's um, orange and peacock blue and royal blue and sky blue and hot pink and brown. So it's kind of an uh, interesting mix of colors. And the uh, stripes are not consistently sized. They're kind of all over the place. So it's making for um, a little bit more of an engaging knit as far as uh, the stripes don't come with any kind of regularity. So it's, it's kind of fun. Um, I've been knitting on these since January because they were originally my car knitting for school pickup for my daughter. And um, once school got called off because of COVID, I pretty much ignored them for a while. So, um, and I was getting maybe two to three rounds knitted a day on school pickup days. So they're, uh, they're coming along now. The first sock is done. The second sock um, I cast on and knit most of the leg while we were on our way to the beach, like I talked about on my, my last episode. And um, this, past, uh, this past weekend, I sat down and turned the heel out, and now I am about four inches into the foot, so I'm doing pretty good on that. Um, I'd like to try to get them finished by the end of the month, if at all possible, just because I have some plans for things I want to make in July, and this is uh, not one of them. <laughs> so I'd like to get these done. It would be great. Plus, I need the yardage for my crafty bingo. So I'm going to do my best to try to get that done. Don't have a whole lot of time, but we'll see how it goes. The other thing I've been working on since we last talked is my Hugshot shawl. Um, as you guys remember, I was one of the dyers who participated in Casapinka's Hugshot promotion, where you purchased a kit from Indies during a specified time period and you got the Hugshot pattern for free. I am at the end of section five. Um, they are moving incredibly slowly. Um, it's moving incredibly slowly. Um, to be honest, I just, I love the beginnings of shawls. I love the, pr the process of starting one and setting up stitch patterns, but if they go on too long or they're too big, I just, I lose interest and I've lost interest in this one, but I do want to finish it because, you know, I am uh, on almost on section six and there's only nine sections. So it would be really nice to <laughs> get that done. And I've seen other people's and they do, it does turn out beautiful and it is my yarn and that means something to me, but um, yeah, I'm just kind of bored with it. So I've been working on it here and there, just not super consistently. Um, the other thing that I did, I went ahead and bit the bullet and started my scotch broom. 
But what I ended up doing, I had originally intended to use two skeins of my now discontinued Twinkle Sock base in Goth Girl. And I had it all laid out and I was ready to go with it. But then I started looking at it and I was just like, a fingering white sweater. I had such a hard time getting those done. So I ended up looking around and I saw somebody on Instagram because I follow the hashtag like I talked about in the last episode. Um, I saw somebody on Instagram was reworking the pattern for DK weight and that was intriguing because that would be something that I could wear, you know, in a heavier weight and be, give me a little bit more coverage and be more substantial piece. So I ended up pulling two skeins of Tannis Fiber Arts blue, uh, yellow label, sorry, DK weight, which is Superwash Merino and I don't remember the colorway name. I do have the label right behind me. I'm going to grab it. The colorway name is called Cosmic. And it looks a lot like Mad Tosh Spectrum, if you know what that looks like. It's blues and purples and greens. And um, like a dark, like a really dark, uh, that section of the rainbow. It's beautiful, beautiful colorway. I've had it in my stash for a couple of years and I've tried to knit it into a couple of different objects but never really found the one that let it shine. So I thought this would be a really good match for it. So I went ahead and sat down and I did my gauge swatch and it worked out that one of the broomstick lace patterns was exactly one inch and I knew I wanted to knit a 50 inch so that it would have lots of positive ease and be really comfortable. So I knew that that meant I needed to do, um, in order to get my circumference, I needed to do 25 repeats and that would give me the correct number of stitches to get the size that I need in my circumference. So um, the way that this project is constructed, you knit the front lace panel and the back and then put it on waist yarn without cutting the yarn. And then you work the back lace panel and then you join them in the round and knit down for the body. Well because mine kind of ended up fitting a little bit differently through the yoke just because my yarn is thicker I did five lace repeats because I thought that 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 would come down um enough to where you know it shows some skin in a tasteful way but where it doesn't show half my bra and I ended up um knitting about an inch and a half in stockinette just to give it a little bit more modesty and also just following the schematic for the 50 inch bust it only had a 14 inch armhole depth and or armhole circumference and for me that is that would be uncomfortably tight like that would cut off my circulation you know in order for a sweater to be comfortable for me I like 17 and a half to 18 and a half inches in um, armhole circumference that's just kind of crazy so I ended up, you know, adding that extra stockinette just so I could give myself a little bit more space underneath the arms because, I mean, what's the point in having an oversized sweater if the sleeves are uncomfortable, you know? So I ended up altering that aspect, and now it is in the round. I'm about three inches past where I joined it in the round. Um, I am doing a version of helical knitting, which I will link in the show notes. And it basically... Um, helps you avoid a color jog when you're working with two different colors. The reason that I chose to do it with this is I have two balls of this hand dyed yarn. One of them, the light, the green color in it is brighter than in the other one. And um, in the other one, the purple is more prevalent. So I didn't want to end up with big sections of flash pooling in the body. So I figured by alternating the skeins every other row, I could end up with, 
you know, a more modeled look on the body, like is, is in present in the yoke. So I did do that and I'm happy with my choice, although it is slowing me down to have to wrangle those balls and, and, uh, deal with, um, changing every round but you know it looks pretty it's going to be very wearable I definitely think that you know it'll look great over a tank top and with jeans or it'll look good over a dress you know and it's a color that I really love and I feel like is going to look good on me so that's exciting I'm really I'm really happy about that so taking a break I have not touched my flax for Madeline since I recorded last time um, I've been focused on this other stuff, you know, and it's not, <laughs> I mean, I'll talk a little bit more about this and where the wild things are, but it's not looking like they're going back to school in the fall anyway. Um, looks like we're going to be having distance learning. So the likelihood of her needing a school picture sweater is probably pretty slim. And that's the only reason that I would, you know, bust my hump to try to get that done. So yeah, I'm just not, I'm not going to stress up, stress myself out about it. It's not worth that. Um, I'll pick it up. Probably after I finish these socks, I'll get back to it because I'm almost ready to add the third ball of yarn into the body, which will be the last bit of the body. And then I'll have bottom ribbing and sleeves to do. So um, it's not a super complicated knit. It's a pretty fast one. And um, it's just, you know, it's the, the, the height of summer here. It's, you know, 90 degrees today. <laughs> she doesn't need to wear a white sweater right now. So no big rush. Incoming... So, as you know, if you've been listening for any period of time, you'll know that I am the head coordinator of the Into the Wool Fiber Retreat, and one of the things that we do in the lead up to the retreat every year is our Spotlight Knit Along, which is where we uh, compile a list of all of the, the, the designers and notions makers and bag makers and yarn dyers and fiber dyers and everybody who gives us anything to, you know, to give away to the retreat we compile a big list of those and we give our attendees points toward prize three grand prizes at the retreat towards earning those prizes and the way that they earn the points is by working with vendor or sponsor items so i always love to go in and look at all the designers that have given us stuff um, tiffany does a really fantastic job of making a bundle of all of the end of the wool designers who have donated pattern codes and you can go through the bundle and look at everybody's offerings all in one place. So um, one of the designers that we have uh, worked with this year and last year is Jamie Hoffman. And she just released her new V-Back TDK. And it is a paid for pattern. If you are looking for something to do with um, some DK weight scraps, this is a perfect pattern for you. If you are just looking to make yourself a nice breezy summer piece, it's awesome. It has a uh, V on one side and a scoop neck on the other. So you can wear it backwards or forwards, which is amazing, just depending on what look you want to do. And um, people have knitted in as little as two colors. They've knitted in a single color. They've knitted in 58 colors. It's really awesome, and it is um, a perfect canvas to show off your favorite colors and your favorite yarns, especially hand dyes. So I really, really love this pattern because it goes all the way up to a 64-inch bust, so it's extremely size-inclusive. It goes from 28 inches to 64 inches, and it is intended to fit with an inch, one to three inches of positive ease. And it is just a really awesome 
awesome pattern. Like it's so cool. There's one color format, two, three, four, and five color formats, but it's easy enough to switch and do as many colors as you want. Um, so this pattern is my next sweater that I'm going to be knitting. I'm really excited about it. It is an $8 Ravelry download, but through the end of June, she is donating 20% of her profits from this pattern to the Trevor Project, which is an LGBTQ plus uh, organization who helps support kids who, um, who are coming out or who are um, in slightly um, in dangerous situations. They help provide support and education to families. It's, it's a very worthy cause. So I hope you'll check out this pattern. I'm excited about it. I actually have a couple of friends who all bought the pattern when I did and we all, um, I think are going to knit that next. So, um, anyway, uh, so that's next. And then, um, that's pretty much I've got some other things I would like to make and I probably will go through the Into the Wool sponsor list just to see if there's anything else that I really want to make, um, you know, in July. But I'm, I'm kind of trying to focus on maybe getting these whips done, uh, especially since I just added Scotch Broom too. I'd really love to be able to get, um, get that yardage out of my stash and have a new sweater to show for it because, you know, I love summer, summer sweaters. I, I wear them all the time and it'd be nice to have a completed one to wear um, this summer. So maker's moment. I'm still making custom cups like crazy. I've ended up with two different bridal orders, <laughs> which has kind of thrown me for a loop. Um, but I am experimenting with different techniques. I just got some amazing glow in the dark glitter. You should go check out my Unwind Yarn Company Instagram if you want to see what that looks like uh, at night. Also, I had no idea that my phone had night capture. I don't know why I didn't know that, but um, the new iPhone has um, has night capture <laughs> so that you can sit there and uh, get pictures of things in the dark, and it's pretty amazing. I think it probably would work better with a tripod, but I held my breath for the three seconds it took for me to take a picture of that cup glowing, and yeah, it was fine. But uh, I'd love to make you a cup if you're interested. I have anything from 12-ounce wine cups. Well, see, I've got the list right in front of me. I have 12-ounce lowball, 12-ounce wine, 14-ounce wine, 16-ounce junior, 20-ounce skinny, 20-ounce strawbler, which I'll talk about in a second, 22-ounce straight, 25-ounce football, 30-ounce strawbler, 32-ounce curve. And so I've got all those different styles, and that's super fun. And they all can be decorated in a variety of ways. Now, the straw blur, I'm very excited to start offering this one. These are probably going to be custom order only. I don't plan on putting it in ready to ship up in the shop just because they're a little more difficult to design on for me because you can't um, take, you can take epoxy to the bottom, but the bottom of the cup actually screws off. It's plastic and it has a... Uh, reusable stainless steel straw hidden in the bottom compartment and it has a straw cleaning with brush with it so if that's something that you are big into because I know I carry my stainless steel straws with me everywhere and use them all the time because you know plastic straws are terrible for the environment I would love to make you one so I have them in 20 ounce and 30 ounce and um, I have one that I made for myself that's a Golden Girls cup. And then I also have one that I'm in the process of making for myself that has Leslie Jordan of Instagram fame on it. So super fun. Let me know if I can make you one. Um, 
I've been back, I went back to work on my diamond painting project. That's pretty much the only other craft that I've really been working on in the last little bit. Um, oh, I did make some shirts though. Um, I made, I pulled out the heat press the other night and made Madeline a couple of shirts and made me a couple of shirts since I had a whole bunch of, uh, blank t-shirts that I had bought the last time I went to Walmart and, uh, which I'm not doing a whole lot right now because of COVID, but I did buy a few shirts because um, they had them pretty well stocked. So I made us um, 4th of July shirts and I made her a couple of other little fun ones that she had picked out the designs for. I love having the ability to do that whenever I feel like it. It is pretty cool. Um, in my ears, let's talk about books. Um, so I did finish Andrea Vernon in the Corporation for Ultra Human Protection. That book, y'all, was so much fun, and there is a sequel that I'm currently listening to, and it is called, sorry, I'm pulling it up, uh, Andrea Vernon and the Superhero Industrial Complex. So, I really think that if you like graphic novels, if you like superheroes, if you like witty writing, I highly recommend these books, but I will say with a caveat, I think you need to listen to it. I know they're available to read, but the person who does the uh, voice acting for this book, her name is Bonnie Turpin. Y'all, she is one of the best readers I have ever heard. She does so many voices so well and so consistently that you know exactly who's talking when she says it. And she does male voices without sounding like she's making fun of guys, which I like when people, you know, do it and they're being earnest about it. But really cute books. I highly recommend these. Um, they're fun summer read. I mean, they have me laughing out loud. That's, that's pretty awesome. I'm also still listening to the Dresden Files. I got quite a bit ahead of Chris, so I stopped with the re-listen of the regular books, and I actually just picked up a book of short stories in the series that I've never had. It's called Briefcases, and I really like it. It's got a ton of stories. I think it's got 13 or 14 um, short stories in it, and um, the author, Jim Butcher, actually goes in between the books, uh, in between the short stories, and talks about where in the timeline this happens and gives kind of backstory and his thought process. So it's kind of uh, neat to see the, um, you know, the evolution of like the different characters. And it's also not all Harry Dresden. It's a bunch of the side characters and it really fleshes them out for you. So I like that book. Um, I was excited to find it. And I also was excited to find out there are two more books in the Dresden Files series coming out this year. I believe one's coming out next month in July and one's coming out in September. So definitely keep an eye out for those if you're a Dresden Files fan. Um, and if you're not a Dresden Files fan yet, you have time to listen to catch up between now and then. Uh, I, I definitely recommend that series. I think it's probably one of my favorite book series of all time. I also finished an Audible freebie called Inside Jobs. And it was basically somebody cobbled this three short story thing together that was based in the time of quarantine and social distancing. And y'all, it was one of the lamest things. I've ever read. The only reason I finished it is because I wanted it to count towards my Goodreads goal because I've been rereading books that I've already read before. They're not counting toward my Goodreads goal for the year. 
and I'm behind on books. So I listened to it basically just to get an extra book in, but it was terrible and I don't recommend it. Uh, also, okay, in the interest of full disclosure, the above links in the show notes to books are Amazon Associates links. If you click on them and make a purchase, I will receive a small payment, but it doesn't cost you anything to use the links. I appreciate you doing your Amazon shopping via those links because even if you don't buy the particular items I have linked, any items you buy during that browsing session will generate a small amount of money for me, which I then use to pay for prizes, shipping, etc. So thank you in advance for doing that. Where the wild things are, okay, so if you follow me on Instagram on my personal account, you will know that Madeline basically whipped my butt into shape yesterday and told me that we were going to be doing art and that I was going to be diamond painting while she used her color wonder markers and we were going to enjoy ourselves and make memories. So if that gives you any indication of how things have been going in my life lately with my child, yes, it is like that. In this house. She is turned into a little bit of a dictator. I know she's bored and I wish I could do more to alleviate it, but unfortunately I can't. <laughs> Chattanooga is a COVID hotspot. We have a lot of cases every day. We're getting more cases every day. A lot of it is because we are so close to Georgia and Georgia has been wide open since the beginning of May and people come here to do their shopping and go out to eat and all that kind of stuff. So um, we have a lot of people who travel through Chattanooga because 75 runs through here. There's a lot of reasons why our spike, we're, we're still spiking and it's not, it's not going down. And so we are still being incredibly careful and so which means she doesn't get to play with other kids. We keep, we stay home if at all possible. Um, we have relaxed the rules a little bit on letting her stay with her grandparents because, they are taking it extremely seriously. Um, I think I've mentioned before, my father-in-law has COPD. So we are very careful with making sure that we do not expose him to anything. Um, because honestly, he is the head of our family. And I'm not sure what we will do when something happens to him eventually. But it won't be from this, by Pete. We're going to make sure of it. But that she's been staying the night over there one night a week and she goes over one other day for the day so we've been trying our best to be careful you know because the chances of chris or me being asymptomatic well chris in particular being asymptomatic is probably pretty pretty high if he got if he got it because he doesn't have lung issues i do i have asthma so you know we're being careful but um i do feel sorry for my kid and like i said earlier we really don't know what's going to happen with school going back in they're still trying to make a decision um Right before I started recording this, they actually sent me a survey, and I'll be honest, I do not like their plan, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, they're putting, they're putting a lot of this on parental, like, what we vote to do, which I guess is good because they're giving us a say, and they're, they're asking us for written input, and I give it every time, and, and I make sure Chris fills out the surveys and, and gives his written input as well, but, um, on the last survey before this one, they posted something that really, it really truly made me mad. And they basically put, you know, on a scale of, you know, rank these items in order of importance to you. One of them was my child's health. Another one was my child's social development. One was my child's education. And another one was childcare. And that infuriated me 
because they are asking people to admit that they care more about getting their kid out of the house than they do their child staying healthy or getting an education. I mean, I understand that there are people out there who you who view school as babysitting. It's getting their kids out of their hair. But there's even more people who have to have childcare in order to be able to keep their family fed, clothed, and housed. And I just felt like that was a real jerk thing to make people have to admit. Especially when they ask you to sign your name to it. That's just, that's just not okay. And, I mean, I care a ton about my kid's social development. My kid can self-educate. Like, we've proven that with ABC Mouse and Reading Eggs and Math Seeds and me working with her and my mom working with her remotely because I know I've mentioned before my mom was a kinder, was a career kindergarten teacher but she needs interaction with other children and that has become more and more apparent as this quarantine goes on but if it if I if I expose her to other kids and then I bring her around my family and she passes covid on and it starts killing members of our family then her social development is not worth more than people's lives to me. And it's definitely not worth, you know, it's hard though because, you know, I work from home. So I'm also very limited in the amount of work that I can get done when she's underfoot because she's five and she wants interaction and she wants constant attention because she's very high needs with attention. And, you know, it's, it's a delicate balancing act. But I think putting people in the position where they have to admit that they would rather have their child out of the house than anything else. I mean, how is that going to make people feel, feel positively about the school system? <laughs> I don't know. It's just something that's weighing on my mind. So, um, I don't know what's going to happen with school. I mean, I'm prepared if I have to, I can homeschool her. I don't want to have to, but, you know, if, if the COVID rates don't slow down, then we're not going to have a choice, even by the plan that they've got, that they're considering putting into place. They won't be going back. They'll be doing distance learning for as long as it takes. So, I guess we'll just see what happens. But, uh, anyway, sorry for the little wank there. I just was a little upset. <laughs> okay, into the wool 2020. By the time some, some of you hear this, it'll already be too late to sign up, but I figured it's worth one last shot. The dates for 2020 are the 17th through the 20th of September. The cost is $400 a person and includes eight meals, lodging, snacks and drinks, all activities, entrance to the, the vendor market, a goodie bag, and a t-shirt. You can so still sign up through June 30th at the link in the Ravelry thread. We are keeping signups open through the drop date, which is June 30th. If you are looking to come with your knitting group, we do have space for you. We've got plenty of room right now. And now I did have a attendee asked a question earlier and I wanted to address it. Um, so I did have someone ask if we had a contingency plan and I did mention this a little bit last time and here's the thing guys I really don't want to go into the nuts and bolts of this because it is a bunch of moving parts and I don't know exactly 
I mean, I know my plan to keep people socially distanced, but as far as like how I'm going to handle classes and all that, I'm trying to leave that until I have to make the decisions. I've got some ideas on how to do things, but I have to discuss things with like Francis before I can make decisions. And we are keeping in contact with them, but it doesn't seem reasonable to put a full plan in place right now when it's possible we won't even need it. That's a ton of extra work that, to be honest, we don't want to have to do right now. Um, we want to put a plan in place when it becomes necessary. But short, long story short, I'm just going to tell you exactly what I wrote in the thread on Ravelry in case you're curious. We do have a plan in place. Fortunately for us, the camp is much larger than we need for the number of people we have at End of the Wool. The camp can hold almost 500 if we use all of the camp cabins and available staffing quarters. We have plans in place to spread people out farther into more cabins than we normally use and we'll be doing two seatings for each meal so that we can maintain social distance. The only other time everyone is in the same place at the same time is during opening and closing ceremonies in our open air tin can building, which is large enough for us to create six feet of space between everyone. So that is not a problem. We are going to be following Lake Francis's lead on plans to keep everyone safe while still allowing us to have the retreat. I can promise you that this has been a subject of great concern for me and we are continuing to plan to have into the wool unless it becomes abundantly clear that it would not be safe to do so. And I did not write this, but if it does become clear that we are not able to have into the wool, we do have a plan to make sure that every attendee gets their goodie bag, gets their door prize. We are still going to be completing our knit along so that we can award our three grand prizes. We are still going to be collecting Nikki Noggins hats. So we are going to keep this open unless it becomes abundantly clear that it is not going to be safe. But if you have been into End of the Wool or you've seen pictures, you've seen the sleeping quarters are not tight. The, um, the Really, the only time that I feel like we are, have something to be concerned about is during meals. And regardless of what the level of contagion is at that point, I plan to split the meals into two seatings per meal just so we can make sure that everybody has plenty of space. And also because there are are a certain numbers of seating of seats that are undercover versus ones that are outside where you could potentially get rained on. If it's raining for some reason, I also don't want to have a plan in place where everybody ends up crammed in anyway. So I figure if we go ahead and do two seatings for the meal, then we can spread that out and make sure that people aren't sitting on top of each other. We do have plans in place with Lake Francis about disinfecting, all that kind of stuff. We've, we are working on this as much as we can, but it's hard to plan when things are so nebulous. So we have put as many plans in place as it is reasonable to expect right now, but it's still June. So, you know, that's just what I'm saying at this point. Um, so anyway, if you are interested in coming, I can promise you we will be doing our best to keep everybody safe. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen between now and then, but we would really love to have you. And if not, maybe consider coming and hanging out with us in 2021. Like I said earlier, our Spotlight Knit Along is now in full swing. We have a great list of sponsors already, but would love to add some new faces or returning ones. If you're interested in being a sponsor, we have three levels of sponsorship. Single door prize sponsor gives one item. Grand prize sponsor gives three items, one for each of the three grand prizes. Or a little something for everyone sponsor would send one small item for every attendee's goodie bag. We also love our designer sponsors, and this year we are accepting donations of groups of 10 or 100 patterns. 
um, pattern codes for download. For simplicity, we do ask that the donations only be in one of those two amounts because I'm not awesome at math. So it works out easier if we have 10 groups of 10 or 100. There's something for every budget for someone who wants to sponsor the retreat. So please get in touch if you are interested in finding out more. Hear ye, hear ye. We're still doing NICU noggins. Please check out the thread in my route in the uh, Just One More Row podcast fans group for all of the details. And I hope you'll consider knitting a hat or two. Um, in Color Street News, the Color Street site is open for ordering, and I also have a fully stocked on hand inventory. If you're missing your Manny Petty Soul on time, you should try a set and join and uh, join my Facebook VIP group to see all the sets that I have in stock because I do have um, a, I have a lot more variety than the website does, but they are slowly getting things built back up, so you'll still find fun things there. You can also request a free Color Street sample at the link in the show notes. Please, only one sample per customer, so I do have to pay for them. Um, as always, there's a link to Tiffany's YouTube podcast in the show notes. You can check that out. She has an awesome video podcast. And uh, I guess that's it for me for this time. I hope everybody's having a really good start to the summer, and I hope we'll talk to you on Ravelry. Stay cool, guys. Bye.